What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. What's going on, people? I am back, and it's good to be back, and we're going to have another honest conversation today i'm here to talk about worship and praise um and specifically i titled this podcast worship and praise beyond your feelings because i think it's such a very important principle um this is something that will carry you outside of the four walls of the church and of your spiritual covering not saying that you don't need the church but a lot of people, they rely on the church for their encounters. And there's only one mediator between God and man, and his name is Jesus. And so, you know, we have a problem sometimes where the church culture tries to create a second mediator when there's only one. My leader, he spoke about this on Sunday, and he was basically saying how when you go to church, um, he was talking about how, you know, in the American culture, when you go to restaurants, they serve you appetizers before they serve you the meal. And scientifically, they do that because what the appetizer does is it provokes your hunger for the full course meal. But it's only an appetizer. It's not meant for you to be filled with. You get what I'm saying? And so a lot of people are doing that with the church. And so they're using the church to fill themselves up when the church or services at church are supposed to be appetizers. They are to be used to provoke you to the main course meal, which is your own personal devotional time with God, which is God himself, right? The Bible says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger is not just in one location. If you're hungry, you will be hungry wherever you are. Say if I travel and I fly to another state, that does, it not, that does not mean my hunger stops. My hunger is not determined upon my location. It is determined upon the condition. My God. And so when it comes to you being hungry in the spirit, your hunger is determined upon the condition of your spirit. The level of hunger shows the level of spiritual health that you possess. The level of hunger, I'm going to say it again, the level of hunger that you have determines the level of spiritual health that you possess. We all know this, in fact, that when you become sick, one of the very first things that leave is your appetite, right? Hunger is a sign of health, right? And so what does this have to do with worship and praising beyond your feelings and your emotions? Well, I think it shows first things first is worship and praise comes from a place of humility. Here's why. You have to realize that worship and praise is not for God. It's for you. God does not need our praise. God does not need our worship. He is God all by himself. As a matter of fact, he's so God, whether if you praise him or not, the rocks will cry out. You get what I'm saying? That shows his sovereignty. He does not need our praise or our worship to acknowledge his sovereignty of who he is. But worship and praise is a gateway or a vehicle, have you will, in order to truly encounter him. That's why you see so many scriptures that talk about how God enters in or encounters his people with praise and worship. 
Uh, we have scriptures such as he inhabits the praises of his people or where two or three are gathered. I am in the midst of them. Um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. Many scriptures that indicate what can happen as you pray, right? We even have an instance with Paul and Silas when they begin to worship and praise and sing hymns in the prison cell. And then an earthquake hit the prison when the earthquake hit the prison and they were actually set free due to their worship. Their worship sent an earthquake. It provoked the Lord to send an earthquake to break them free out of their prison. And so one of the reasons why you know you need worship is because if the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. What worship does is it activates the power, the delivering power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Jesus came to set the captives free. Now, the problem is, is some of us are being held captive and the Lord is trying to deliver us, but we have to partner. Right. And so when God is trying to take your his his people through deliverance. What holds us up from receiving deliverance is our refusal to partner. And so what will happen is we'll be like the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness for 40 years when the journey should have only took us 11 days. And so the children of Israel were a people who had the exit strategy. They had the escape plan. They had the entryway to freedom, but they refused to partner with the Lord. What would we be or how would we be if we partnered with the Lord in worship? So I'm going to read the scripture because I believe I said it before, but it's all about knowing the word for yourself, right? Hallelujah. John chapter four, verses 24, King James version. It says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, this is what I love about this scripture this 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 really goes into the topic for this podcast. We have another scripture where Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father but by me. Right now, when we look at the scripture where it says we are to worship God in the truth. Just that's that's so powerful. Worshiping God in the truth is worshiping not for what he's done, but for who he is, right? So think about it like this. If you're worshiping God in spirit and in truth, right? If you're worshiping God in truth and Jesus is truth, you are worshiping God to the magnitude of your revelation of Jesus Christ. And so this is the thing. When you become when you when you become a mature believer, when you become a mature saint, it gets easier for you to worship the Lord because what proves and shows the sovereignty and the validity of who God says that he is is time. Right. The more time you spend with the Lord, the more time you spend walking with the Lord, the more you see his faithfulness, the more you see that his word will not return void. The more you realize he is who he truly said he is in his word. Right. And even the verbal promises that he has made to you. So what God is doing is he's trying to provoke you to a place of worship and praise beyond your feelings and your emotions. What does that look like? That looks like whether if I feel like going to church or not, whether if I have a good day or not, my, ooh, 
Yes, Lord. Whether if regardless of what's going on in the natural realm, the natural realm bows to the spiritual realm. And so I don't look at what's going on in the natural realm because the God I serve is not natural. He's supernatural. And so what is his placement in the spirit? In the spirit, he is all sovereign. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is the governor of the entire universe and every spiritual um, location that is within this makeup of the world, right? But in order for us to go into the spirit, we have to set our gaze upon him. And I understand this is simple, but let me tell you something. This will take you far. This will take you further than understanding the Hebrew and the Greek. This will take you further than having a degree from a theological seminary. This will take you further than speaking in tongues. This will take you further than prophesying. I'm letting you know right now, if you have the revelation of who God is, the Bible says we are to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. That word faith in the Greek means pistis. And what that word means, it means the conviction of truth, right? It means the understanding that truth is not changed regardless of any circumstance that is set before me. So regardless of what I'm facing, Jesus is Lord. And because he's Lord, I'm going to praise him, right? Because he's still on the throne and he's unmovable and unshakable from his position, he is worthy of praise, glory, and honor. Now, this is the problem. The Bible says in Revelation that when they are when they are praising God and worshiping the Lord in heaven, the Bible says there are 24 elders, four living creatures. This is what I love. The Bible says, though, the Bible says that they cast down their crowns before him and worship him. Now, what that means is when you look at a crown, what, when you think of a crown, what do you think of? You think of royalty. You think of kings. You think of queens. You think of princes. You think of um, princesses. Right. You think of people in a royal family that have crowns. Crowns form, I'm sorry, crowns represent identity. They represent status. They represent who you are in society, right? And so what I love about this is this is showing the blueprint of worship, right? When you worship the Lord, you are to cast down what society knows you as and even what you know yourself as other than a humble servant of the most high God. So when I cast down my crown, when I worship the Lord, I'm not worshiping him as a prophet. I'm not worshiping him as an apostle. I'm not worshiping him as a minister or I'm not worshiping him as an elder right? They have the role and the placement of the elders, but they're casting that down before the Lord. And they're saying, Lord, I'm nothing with holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. But their heart posture is crying out saying, Lord, I'm nothing without you. Without you, I wouldn't be who I am today. You are worthy enough about me. I focus on you, right? And so the, another thing too, that will help you is when you worship, you're not focusing on you, that's the problem. A lot of reasons why people aren't getting breakthrough in worship today is because worship, quote unquote, is me focused. It's focused on what's going on in my life, where I should be, what I want, how I feel. But the problem is, is you can't get no breakthrough from yourself because you're not that great.
You're not sovereign enough to break yourself out of that shackle. You're not sovereign enough to pull yourself out of the pit. You need somebody who got the force and the power to set you free. And that's only one. And his name is Jesus. And so the only time where you receive freedom and deliverance, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. So there's only one location and there's only one there's only one place where you can be in the vicinity of someone where you can inherit the freedom that you were destined to walk in before the beginning of time. And it is in the vicinity of the Holy Ghost, the great keeper of the saints, the comforter to mankind, the paraclete. Amen. And so the problem is, is we are so focused on our circumstances. Right. And so this is the thing. When you look at the perspective of wearing a crown, a crown it's not just a good thing. You can wear the crown of your past. Come on. You can wear the crown of your trials. You can wear the crown of your frustrations. You can wear the crown of depression. You can wear the crown of anxiety, of anger, of suicide, of lust. You can wear whatever crown you want to, right? And this is the best part about it. Where does the crown go? It goes on top of your mind, so you're crowning yourself with all of these things and your mind is focused and praising because this is the thing. We're talking about worship and praise, right? Did you know that God is not the only thing that can receive praise? You can praise situations. You can praise circumstances more than you praise God. How? You give it more attention. You speak of it more. You acknowledge the existence of it more than you acknowledge the king. We will receive more breakthrough in worship when we focus on God more. When we look to Jesus more, when we turn the mirror from ourselves and turn it to him and we say, Lord, you are worthy. Lord, you are righteous. And this is the thing about worship. This is the thing about real authentic praise and worship. You can't fake it. You can't fake the anointing with worship. And that's why I love it. I love how God is so sovereign because in a culture where people are talented and they're able to sing and hold a lot of riffs and runs and the musicians are able to hit the right chord and the drummer is able to hit the right um, snare or cymbal or beat, whatever, and one, two, that doesn't mean it's anointed. Anointed worship comes from heart posture and heart posture alone, and you can't fake that. I'm telling you, and this is the thing, God wants to use it as a vehicle. He wants to use it as a vehicle. He wants to transport you, right? I have a teaching that says prayer transport you, transports your soul. But there are many other vehicles that God wants you to use to transport your soul, such as prayer and worship and praise, right? I can't tell you. Now, listen, anybody here who knows me knows I'm churchy, okay? I can, you know, I grew up Baptist, so ooh, long. I could do a little run, but I grew up churchy and, you know, the black culture, we have this thing called shouting where we aggressively put our feet down to a one, two beat and we do it very fast. And if you look it up, you'll see it. But, and I'm pretty sure everybody on here knows exactly what I'm talking about, but I have to say it because not everybody may not understand that culture because God is not just the God of the African-American community. Praise the Lord. So, um, Wait, what was I saying? I'm sorry. I think I just heard something. Where was I at? Oh, Jesus. 
bring it back to me. Oh, okay, yes. So shouting, that is one of my forms of praise. But one thing about me, y'all, I, I, and you could ask, <laughs> you could ask my bro. I shout way more in my room than you will ever see me shout in public. And, you know, it, it's, the Bible says, what you do in secret, your father will reward you openly. This is where it goes to what I was saying earlier in the beginning about not depending on the church to fill you, but having your own devotional life to the Lord. A real worshiper worships without the crowd, worships by themselves, worship when circumstances are not feasible. Some of the most powerful worship sessions have been when I was sick. I remember literally a week and a half ago, I had a fever. My temperature was probably over a hundred degrees. And I remember I was laying in my bed and I could barely talk. My body was weak, but I remember saying, Lord, you're worthy. You are still God. Even though I'm sick right now and my body doesn't feel good by your stripes, I am healed. And even if I'm not healed right now, you're still God. And so this is the beautiful part about worship. Worship is saying you are God regardless of what you do for me. I'm not here for nothing else other than to give you glory. Because if it's if it has something to do with what he can give you, then it's not worship because it's conditional. Worship is a sacrifice. Worship is you giving. Worship is you focusing on who he is and how rec and how you're recognizing that the truth and the revelation of who he is is not determined upon your circumstances or what he can or does not choose to give you but that he's God. It's a very simple revelation, but I'm telling you, when you catch this revelation, when you can praise God and worship God in any circumstances, I'm telling you right now, you will be a powerful person. You will be an undefeated person. We hear the song all the time. My praise is a weapon, right? The devil is trying to rob God's people of their weapon because of their feelings and emotions. And so literally what the devil does is he don't even attack. He's a punk. You hear me? He does not even attack us directly. He attacks us indirectly. So what does he do? He has somebody cut you off in traffic and now you mad for the whole day and you don't even want to praise God no more. Now you're defenseless. Right. Or something happens with your family. You get offended or a brother in Christ and sister in Christ. You get offended. Now you mad and you bitter for the rest of the day. Your praise is taken from you or something happens and you're in your feelings and now you're bitter and you don't want to talk to God. You don't want to pray. And next thing you know, you done gone three days to a whole week without praying and seeking the face of God and worshiping. And you are standing defenseless. Your soul is open for attack and you have not even put on any armor to defend yourself. Hmm? And so what God wants to do is he, he, he wants to clothe us with the armor of God through praise and worship. Your most powerful times of worship and praise is going to be through affliction. And so this is the thing. One thing I had to learn was God told me one time, Jesse, stop taking affliction personal. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. So if you're living for God and you're living in a righteous mode, you are now loosed to be afflicted. As a matter of fact, if you're not being afflicted, I question if you're righteous. If life is easy for you, 
and you get saved and everything is roses and cherries and strawberries and all that mess. I question if you're really serving Jesus or not. I don't know one Christian that is truly serving God that is saying life is easy because it's not supposed to be. The Bible says, take up your cross and follow him. And so what the devil likes to do, and this is, he, he literally comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He tries to come to deceive the saints into thinking that their trial is from him. But the problem is, is if you recognize that your trial was from God, your mindset would shift because you know that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the eternal glory that shall be revealed. You would also know that every trial has an after this. We see plenty of scriptures that prove to us that after the trial, there is a, there is a reward. The Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing for in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Isaiah 40 verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength for they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint in philippians it says he that began a good work in you shall complete it until the day of jesus christ you know this is a podcast but i feel like preaching we see all throughout the scriptures the promises of god that are correlated and followed by a trial but you got to walk through the trial first. Hmm? David said, I was young, but now I'm old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Faithfulness. God is faithful. And this is the thing about worshiping and praising, right? Now, one thing, one thing that I heard when it comes to walking with Jesus is things don't get easier. You just get stronger. Things don't get easier. You just endure or you grow more and you, 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 your spirit becomes more conditioned, right? God is not always saying, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest, like even when it comes to giving the prophetic word of the Lord, it's not always fun. It's not always, you know, the most pleasing or pleasant thing to hear. But when it comes to God and your affliction, sometimes it's not going to get easier. Sometimes it's not going to get better. But the good news and the promise is he's with you in the midst of it. So the trial won't get easier, but you'll feel more of his strength as you lean into him through worship and praise. Do you know, and I'll say this, do you know when I was leaving college, I did not have a job. I was looking for a job, a full-time job all throughout my senior year. In the midst of this time, I was leading a Bible study with my good bro. Um, I was taking classes. I was a mechanical engineering student. So if anybody here has been to college, you know that engineering is crazy. And Throughout all that time, I was stressed and I'm trying to figure out, Lord, what am I going to do? And I'll even say this. I made sure that I was not going to move anywhere other than where God called me. 
which is where I am now currently in Northern Virginia because of the ministry that I am a part of. So not only was I looking for jobs, but I was looking for jobs in a specific location. And it was because I loved the Lord and I wanted to have what he had for me. Now, I'll take a pause right there. That's worship. Beyond me singing and clapping my hands, a real worshiper has a lifestyle of worship, right? My leader, he said something so powerful. The first time worship was ever mentioned in the Bible or the foundation of worship mentioned in the Bible, you know when it was? It wasn't when people were singing. It wasn't when people were speaking in tongues and singing prophetically. It was when Abraham went up the mountain to go sacrifice his son, Isaac. That was the foundation of worship. So you know what that tells me? That foreshadows prophetically what worship is all about. It's about sacrifice. It's about giving up what is easy and what is convenient to fulfill God's purpose and plan for your life. So I also want to let you know that real worshipers don't just sing. They don't just pray. They don't just speak in tongues, but they submit their everyday life fully to the Lord. What this does is this puts your heart posture in a place of worship. So then when you begin to open your mouth and sing and pray, it doesn't stench heaven. I don't know if that's the right terminology. It don't make heaven stink. Amen. <laughs> um, but yes, to continue with my story, I didn't have a job. I was looking for a job and through, do you know throughout that entire time, and I don't say this to boast, I don't say this to toot my own horn, I'm telling you what happened. And people who saw me go through this trial are witnesses. Do you know I praised God unapologetically as if nothing was wrong? I mean, when worship, when worship came, when there was an opportunity to praise, I made sure that I praised God because it was beyond what I wanted. It was beyond what was comfortable. It was beyond what was convenient. I know who he is to me. And the thing is with worship and praise, you got to have your own encounter. We hear it all the time. You can't get to heaven on your mama's coattail. Real worshipers, real praisers have their own history with Jesus. They, they, they have come to a place to where they can say, God, you are worthy. God, I worship you. Just because, just because, and it makes your relationship with Jesus more genuine because you're not focused on the add-ons. You're not focused on the pleasures of being around him or, 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 or serving him. And don't get me wrong. The Bible says, bless the Lord and forget not his benefits. But the problem is, is when we think of his benefits more than we think of him. William McDowell said it best. He said, the reward of a true worshiper is not the external things that you receive from a walk with God or the impartation of the spiritual things and all that. When a worshiper can receive, when you worship and you worship and praise God, you get some power on you. He'll give you power. Bible says he's given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. So power is upon the worshiper. Power is upon the praiser. However, William McDowell said it best. The rewarder of a true worshiper is him. He's the reward. He's the prize. He's the end goal. He's the mark. When we have him, we've succeeded. The question is, 
<sighs> My God. When you worship, does God respond? When you're in a service, does God respond? Is the Lord pleased with what took place? When you worship, are people provoked to know the Lord more? It's it's a it's a it's a very sobering topic. It's very sobering and it's very simple. But the reason why I'm talking about this is because, look, I get it. Deep calleth unto deep. We should study the deeper things of God. And under no circumstances would I ever tell anyone to stop studying the deeper things of God. The problem is we become so deep and so fascinated with revelation and, and, and discovery in the word of the Lord. And where God may take us in the spirit. We exalt that above him as a person. And worship comes through relationship. Worship comes through understanding the personhood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But God wants us to graduate from a place of having to be provoked to worship and to simply just worship because the Bible says that we love God because he first loved us. The word love translates to agape. Do you know agape through if you look through many different translations and many different websites and um, many different yeah, translations of the word agape, you will see many people who translate it in the Greek. It shows that that word doesn't have anything to do with emotional desire, because if that were the case, then Jesus would not have agape the church. Why? Because what was happening in the Garden of Gethsemane, his emotions were not lining up to the love that he had, which shows me it's funny. Even Jesus, Jesus. Wow. Jesus taking up the cross was worship to the father. That was the will. That was the plan. That was the order that the father set in motion for his life. So him fulfilling that outside of his own comfort and desire was worship. The cross had nothing to do with his emotions. He said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I really wonder if Jesus could sing, y'all. I'm telling you, y'all think he could sing? I think he could sing. I mean, the Bible says, you know, fully God, fully man. I just feel like he has some vocal cords. I, I really do. I mean, I don't know. But I just wonder, because that man worshipped, worshipped. And is he, he's, he's praying now, interceding. He's still alive. I don't know why I was talking to, I don't know why I was talking about him as if he died or as if he was a fairy tale or a legend. No, he's still here. Oh, he's alive. He's alive. Um, but yeah, y'all, worship the Lord. Worship him. Be, I dare you to worship God beyond how you feel. I tell you one thing. I can't tell you how many times I started worshiping, didn't feel like worshiping, felt mad, felt angry, felt bitter. And as I press forth in worship and praise, the breakthrough, when I tell you Jesus, the breaker, manifested himself consistently. If you push long enough, mark my words, if you push long enough in the presence of God, he's going to meet you. 
He is going to meet you. Worship and praise in faith, knowing that as I offer a sacrifice unto God, fire is going to fall. Hmm. Believe God. Worship in faith. Praise through faith. Praise when it's praise when it's good. Praise when it's bad. Worship when it's good. Worship when it's bad. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you don't even understand, ask the Lord to give you a revelation on who he is. Ask God to expose the truth of who he is to you. So that way you can worship from that place, knowing that the look, if we're worshiping the Lord based off of who he is, that means our worship should not fluctuate because the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So even in the future, regardless of what cometh my way, he is the same. Therefore, my worship should not fluctuate. It should only increase because the more I get to know him and the more I see him and the more I encounter him, the more I am provoked to worship him and acknowledge him for who he is. Hmm. I pray that this episode helped you. I pray that this stirs you to praise God. To As a matter of fact, I'm sorry. I just want to say again, because I spoke about worship but I also just want to talk about praise real quick. Um, I encourage you <clears throat> that when you praise God, praise God unapologetically and do not hold back. Do not hold back your praise. Ask the Lord that you would be humble enough to allow your dignity to be thrown in the trash when you praise God. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. When you praise God, I implore you and I encourage you to not care what your body looks like, what your voice sounds like, whether if you're sweating, soggy, I don't care. Make sure you put some deodorant on though because that whole room gonna blow up. Lord knows I've Lord knows I've smelt it, but I just encourage you, you know, David said, I will be found even more undignified than this. There is freedom in praising God without any boundaries. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. That's not just talking about the casting out of devils or God delivering you from, you know, heavy deep demonic spirits when that is a thing but it's also you are free to praise because the spirit of the lord is you is here you are free to worship and lift your hands and acknowledge god unapologetically right i'll encourage you as well don't compare your praise to anybody else because god does not want their praise from you he wants your praise from you there's a unique offering that only you can give there's a unique fire that God can only pour upon you. And it's through the offering of praise, the sacrifice of praise that you give. Right. And once again, this is beyond feelings. You're praising God because he is good. You're praising God because he is God. That's not based off of your feelings. That's not based off of what is going on in your life right now. You are praising God because he is God. 
The Bible says the earth is his footstool. That means everything that is going on in this natural realm right now is under his feet. Therefore, it should be under your feet too. Oh! My God. But yes. So, yeah, praise God. Worship God. And not just in public but in private and not just in private but in public we have plenty of christians first things first is they do it for show in public but they don't do it at home and then you have people that are more radical at home than in public don't get me wrong i understand that there's a level of intimacy that you may have with the lord in private right but i encourage you it is so freeing when you are loosed from the shackle and the bondage of the opinions of men you know, the Bible says the fear of men is like a snare. You know what snares used to do? Snares would kill birds when they would fly. Birds would fly into snares and they would die. And so what I, what I, what I look at that as is the fear of man is what stops you from gaining your spiritual altitude that God has designed for you. Don't allow the fear of man to stop you from ascending to the hill of the Lord. Be free from the opinions and the fear of man when you praise God. Because at the end of the day, it's just you and Jesus. And look, that person may be looking at you and looking down on you or something like that simply because they need to break through themselves and they too religious to go get it. Or they're too dignified to go get it. They're too prideful to go get it. But I'm telling you, what, is, what does the Bible say? God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. See, the scripture proves, this scripture right here proves that you will provoke God to intervene into your life if you are a true worshiper and a praiser. You cannot worship God without humility. You cannot praise God authentically and unapologetically without humility. If you demonstrate humility in praise and worship, you will provoke God to give you grace in the midst of your circumstance. That's Bible. This is not me trying to rile you up and to try to give you this whole feel good thing. That's what the Bible says. He gives grace to the humble and he resists the power. He, he opposes. Some translations say he opposes the proud. Hmm. Oh, gosh, I hope I'm stirring you to praise God. I hope I'm stirring you to worship. I hope I'm stirring you to to be still in the revelation of him. Amen. Well, that's all I have for you. I hope you were blessed and I will see you all on the next episode. Peace. What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.